I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Episode 68 of the Dynasty Debates. That kind of rhymes. I like that. 68 of the Dynasty Debates. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. The humblest host in the biz, some say. Well, I I would say that. Um, You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions about any of the content or any uh, just, you know, just friendly little uh, shout outs about how great the show is and how much you're enjoying it or, you know, whatever you want to say, really. Um, You can do any of those. That would be great. It's always great to hear from people and hear how they are enjoying the show or how they are not enjoying the show and what can make the show better. So we covered off running backs last week and we're doing the same thing for wide receivers this week so we are contextualizing sounds a little bit iffy but then when you follow it through it's all good it's a good word contextualizing the wide receiver class of 2022 now that we have landing spots we have draft capital and we know who the actual sleepers are and who the actual stud muffins should be and to help me break that down i have an amazing guest a wonderful friend the bearded wonder himself, Wyatt Bertoloni. Uh, I should say it more, Bertoloni, um, at Wyatt B underscore FF on Twitter. He is the creator of JWB Fantasy at JWB underscore FF and contributor at DLF. He has been on the show before. And if you know him, you obviously will love him. Wyatt, how the heck are you, buddy? I am fantastic to be here with my brother from another country from across the sea. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here again. Last time was a lot of fun. Uh, I also just love chatting up with you with fantasy football because I think you're really smart and I respect your analysis, but we have a very different process and we end up coming out on different sides of a lot of prospects and players in general. So I love being able to chat with you about them because I feel like smarter after we do. So I, I feel like I always learn something. Uh, talking to someone who differs from the way that I think. Yes, I appreciate that. That is perfect. Thank you for reading that out as I typed it. I will send you that money after the show. Um, but yes, I I love Wyatt. Wyatt is one of my favorite dudes in the fantasy space. I love, I'm glad that he was able to make the time to come back on. So thank you, Wyatt, for that. That was very kind of you to say. Um, Wyatt really epitomizes the, the spirit of Dynasty Debates, in my opinion, because me and Wyatt, um, we have these hilarious conversations through DMs or just chats and sms where we just full-on like you know gloves off just like go at it over like players prospects situations we totally disagree but then we just absolutely love each other and we like respect each other's opinions and you know we don't think less of each other because we disagree so it's it's a lot of fun and like he said you know it makes you a better 
fantasy player makes you a better analyst when you disagree with people respectfully and you think about your process and you tear things apart a little bit and get underneath the hood as they say um, and just kind of have a look around and see what's what before we begin i did want to just give a shout out um, i'm super happy why is here to celebrate this with me we i got an email the other day we hit 10,000 downloads for um, the show so thank you so much to everybody um, i jokingly said thank you to at least the 32 or 42 other people who listen my 9,942 downloads um helped but obviously no thank you so much to everybody who's listened or rated reviewed been a guest it's been amazing so thank you so much that's awesome to hit that that milestone of ten thousand. and here's to the next 10 50 100 million thousand whatever that number is um, but yeah, but without further ado, we do have a lot of exciting um, wide receivers to talk through, to contextualize. Actually, before we dive in, is there anything you want to say? Anything that you want to shout out that I miss anything? Because I know you do a lot of work in the fantasy space and I want to make sure people are following along and getting all that goodness. No, I, I, you know, I think you did it. I'm ready to talk about these wide receivers. Love it. Love it. Um, yes, we need to pencil in. We've, uh, spoiler alert, we've got to pencil in at least an hour to argue about Christian Watson because why it is completely wrong on his take on Christian Watson. So we will get to that in a moment. Um, but first and if foremost. If wrong, you mean right. Yes. <laughs> the main event. Fight. So much like last week with the running backs, what we're going to be doing is we're just going to go through and kind of walk through the draft as it happened in the NFL, talk through each pick, talk through what we liked, what we didn't like, try and put again some, you know, just contextualize one of my, my favorite word for this series. Um, how we feel now that it's in the books, where do we feel maybe players have come up a little bit? Maybe they've fallen a little bit in our rankings, uh, where we would maybe view them in dynasty, where we would take them, things like that. So if you haven't had your rookie drafts, this hopefully will get you prepared. If you have already had them and you were looking to maybe trade for or trade away, one of these rookie wide receivers might give you some ideas, hints and tips of where to go. So, here we are on the board and first run first wide receiver taken was not a huge surprise to me. I think it may have been a surprise to some. It was Drake London. So he goes round one pick eight to the Atlanta Falcons. I had Kyle Borgnoni um, on the week before the draft and he's a massive Atlanta Falcons fan. And he was sort of jokingly saying he wasn't a big Drake London fan. And I was saying he was wrong and Drake London is awesome. And, you know, we joked about if he went to the Falcons and lo and behold, he does go to the Falcons. So for me, he was my pre-draft wide receiver two right behind Garrett Wilson, not a big gap between the two of them. Um, so I, you know, not a lot changes for me personally, but Wyatt, as the guest, I'm really curious to hear what were your thoughts on Drake London? How do you feel this fit um, goes with his skill set, etc.? And where are you comfortable taking him, sort of in your rookie drafts or just in the general dynasty landscape? Yeah, I like London a good bit. He was like he, I waffled between London and Burks as my wide receiver too. Uh, London's profile is really interesting because of the injury that hurt him a little bit, you know, coming into this, but. His production is really like top notch, you know, and even before the injury this past year, he was putting up crazy numbers. It was like, you know, like 10 catches over 100 yards every game, uh, which is just wild. And there's, you know, some notes about uh, maybe he has to make contested catches. I, I don't worry about that too much because I think he's uh, dominant at the catch point. And it doesn't matter if you have to make contested catches if you're dominant at the catch point, similar to. I don't know, like a Mike Evans, maybe. And, you know, I'm not concerned with like him not running his 40 time there at all. 
he's not, we knew he wasn't like this athletic freak, but I think he has enough athleticism. I I think he's actually pretty nimble for his size. Uh, In Atlanta, I like it because, well, that wide receiver's room was completely empty. The shelves were bare and there was nothing there. So I think the offense is still going to run through Kyle Pitts, at least in year one and probably just for their tenure together. But I don't see why it can't be just the two of them garnering uh, maybe even 50% of the target share in that offense because truthfully, I mean, what else do you do? Um, he is currently my wide receiver too. And I'm taking him at the one Oh three in rookie drafts pretty comfortably. So yeah, I, I dig Drake, uh, Drake London. Nice. So not too much, not too much to disagree with. We'll save some of the, the fighting for later. Um, yeah, I obviously love Drake London. I'm, I'm absolutely fine and happy with this landing spot. Sort of like you touched on there, you know, it was similar to what he had last year at USC. He was sort of like a one-man show. Everything was funneled through him. He had a ridiculous target share, ridiculous target volume, and I think that that should, in theory, carry over to Atlanta. Yes, they've done some interesting things. They brought in some more pieces on defense and on offense, but let's not kid ourselves. They're probably still going to be one of the worst teams in the league, at least this year, which means that they're probably going to be behind. Playing from behind means they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, so whether it's Marcus Mariota or whether it is Desmond Ritter, um, you know, he should have a lot of volume. And ultimately, we talked about, you know, contested catches. I've kind of talked in, in depth when we broke him down and talked about him and mentioned him, you know, in our in our pre-draft shows. I'm not worried about that at all, really, because A, the, the people talk about the number of contested targets, but actually, if you look at the number of just targets that he had, it actually isn't obscene. You know, there's still, if you took away right. all his contested targets, he still had a lot of just regular targets, you know? And secondly, I do feel, and I think some people have done a good job highlighting this maybe on Twitter and different places like that, but some people haven't, so I'll just reiterate it quickly. Um, I do think there's a, you have to look at the re, why are there contested catches? Are there contested catches because he cannot create separation and he is a bad route runner? Or are they contested catches because the quarterback play is subpar? And in my opinion, the quarterback play was very much subpar. Like I watched quite a few of his it's, games it's a to great get a really point. good. Yeah, to get a really good grasp on him. And there was many times where I felt like he created adequate, if not great, separation. Um, and and the, the throw was just three seconds too late. Or it was like the throw was before he'd even made his break on his route and things like that. So he was having to um, create out of this bad situation. So to me, it's almost like a bonus. And again, just to touch on it quickly, um, he was a basketball player, full-time basketball player as well. He only just stopped playing basketball. So for me, he's young. He still has a lot of growth and a lot of potential. I think he's a definite um, alpha receiver that I'm really excited to see them build around for the future there in Atlanta, whether it be with Desmond Ritter as the future, whether it be with a quarterback of the future next year. I'm really comfortable taking him there. Would you rather, so let me just ask you a couple quick would you rathers here, just out of curiosity, because I don't know where you have him ranked in in your dynasty rankings, but would you rather Devonta Smith or Drake London? So I have Devonta Smith right after my first tier of rookie wide receivers. So I would take Drake London over Devonta Smith. Nice. So would I. Um, what about, so someone maybe a little bit more spicy or maybe a little bit more difficult. Would you rather Michael Pittman Jr. in Indy with Matty Ice or would you rather Drake London? This this is funny because I literally had those these five players like sectioned off. It's Michael Pittman, then my first year rookie wide receivers, and then Devonta Smith. 
So again, uh, Michael Pittman ahead of those guys. I'm really excited for Michael Pittman this year. Yeah, and forward, but it's close. Basically, you're saying it would be close, but you yeah, just side with Michael Pittman. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely fair. Um, and the reason I'm asking is because these are in my rankings. These are guys that are fairly close. So it's interesting to obviously that you're fairly closely um, valuing these guys. So what about Elijah Moore or Drake London? I have Elijah Moore right ahead of Michael Pittman. <laughs> so Michael, uh, Elijah Moore uh, uh, over all of those. Nice. Okay. I like it. I, uh, I feel bad because I, I feel like I'm the Elijah Moore stan. Um, but I'm like, obviously like I, to be fair for me, I have Drake London and Elijah Moore back to back, um, in my rankings. And I have Drake London, like one spot ahead of Elijah Moore. Um, just because Garrett Wilson is in town now, Garrett Wilson's a great wide receiver. So, um, and, and Zach Wilson hopefully takes a step forward and is a better, you know, quarterback than he was last year. But at the end of the day, I mean, the pie can only be cut so many ways. Um, and you've got Elijah Moore, you've got, you know, you've got quite a few miles to feed there. And I'm not worried about it. And I still think Elijah Moore will get his. And I still think Elijah Moore is a great receiver. But obviously with him having, you know, so many different players to keep busy and keep um, happy and keep part of the offense with Brees Hall and Michael Carter, stuff like that. I have, you know, I have just tempered my expectations a little bit, but I'm still really high on him. So there you go. I think we we all agree we like Drake London. He's a solid, solid prospect, somebody we're excited for. Um, and yeah, somebody that we really like having on our squads and pick early in rookie drafts. Hopefully that give you a bit of context if you're looking to trade for him or trade out of him. Um, next up, we had straight away two picks later, Garrett Wilson, who was my wide receiver, one pre-draft slightly ahead of Drake London. So he goes two picks later to the Jets like we kind of foreshadowed there. Excellent foreshadowing by myself. Well done. Another reason why I'm one of the best in the biz. Um, but yeah, here we go. We've got Garrett Wilson landing with the Jets, as I kind of alluded to there with our talk about Elijah Moore. What are your thoughts? What's your takeaway? Um, how do you feel about Garrett Wilson there? And, and where are you taking him in your rookie drafts? Yeah, Garrett Wilson was my number one receiver. Basically, always has been. I think the only knock you can possibly have on him is that he's a little bit small for a wide receiver. But as we've learned, that's really not a big deal anymore in today's NFL because the today's NFL cares so much about separation, which Wilson does a great job of doing. He also plays much bigger than his size. I think not only in, uh, you know, making catches and like, uh, his wings, his wingspan, essentially his, his catch radius, but also with the ball in his hands. I think he plays bigger than he is. He's explosive with the ball in his hands. I mean, there's, there's nothing to dislike about Gary Wilson. I think of the top tier wide receivers, he has absolutely as much ceiling as anybody else in the draft, but also is the safest out of all of them because I there's really no, like, what knock do you have on him other than he's a little bit small. Uh, he's he's my 102, and yeah, I I love I love Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I know. I, I'm a big Garrett Wilson fan. Like I said, I genuinely, it did make, I'll just be honest, it was just me personally, like it did make it make me a little sad that he went to <laughs> the Jets because I love Elijah Moore so much. Like he was my dude last year and I'm really high on him. Um, and honestly, I kind of feel like they're fairly similar. Like that was what kind of threw me a little bit is because I'm like, they're kind of similar like they're yak guys they're really good in the middle of the field they're a little bit smaller they're good on the inside they can play in the slot they can play outside i mean it was just kind of a little bit weird um but you know like i said it, i i feel like I'm not one of those people who thinks that, you know, well, because there's two good players and they can't both be good. It does worry me a little bit. Just the fact that Zach Wilson, we need him to take a pretty sizable step forward <laughs> for him to be able to keep, 
you know, both of them at a really high, highly relevant level, as well as Brees Hall, as well as Michael Carter, as well as Jeremy Rucker, as well as Corey Davis. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those situations where I'm hoping um, that it doesn't become a, a gross sort of like, you know, New England Patriots backfield of a situation for for wide receivers because they do have some really talented dudes there. Um, so, yeah, that would be my only concern. And that's why for me in my post NFL draft, that's why personally I've knocked him. So I've flip flopped him and Drake London just because of opportunity. And it's not because, and, 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 and I want to clarify that because I wouldn't do that if there had been a massive gap for me personally in skill. Like if I thought Garrett Wilson was like miles ahead of Drake London, I wouldn't have flip flopped them. But the fact that like in my scoring and my rankings, the way I did it, I pin, pinned it on my Twitter profile so you can fact check me. But I think he's like half a point above, you know, he was like half a point in my scoring system above Drake London. So the fact they were so close, I'm going to flip flop it with landing spot and everything like that. So I just think like we talked about Drake London, he's going to be fed targets um you know that they don't have any other choice whereas garrett wilson in theory i'm not saying this will happen and i don't think it will happen but in theory it you know it could take them a little bit of time and they could just rely more on Corey davis and elijah moore and and run the ball with Brees hall and, and just let him kind of slowly get acclimated and you know it could be a, a him and elijah moore 1a 1b and they're both Low end wide receiver twos for fantasy. We don't know. You know, we just have to watch and see how that plays itself out. But I do love Garrett Wilson. Um, what about then? Let's do a quick would you rather with Garrett Wilson. What about, let me throw out some, would you rather, because I know you're a big Chris Godwin guy. Would you rather Chris Godwin or Garrett Wilson? That's uh, Chris Godwin for me, for sure. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Where do you have Godwin in your rankings at the moment, like for a dynasty? He is my wide receiver 13. Ooh, spicy. So we are quite <laughs> different Godwin on Chris fan. Godwin. <laughs> we are fan, quite, yeah. quite different on Chris Godwin. Um, okay, so Godwin easily for you there. For me, it's Wilson easily. So that's interesting. What Ooh. about Rashad Bateman? Oh, uh, Wilson by a, a decent margin, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I have uh, Garrett Wilson's by wide receiver 18, Bateman's by wide receiver 25. Um, interesting yeah i which i you know is maybe a little bit low for bateman at this point after marquise brown leaving town um yeah it's just that the rookie season was a little bit disappointing there was some injury mm -hmm. but we yeah. did see some flashes you know it, i think that baltimore is going back to being really run heavy i do think bateman's gonna have a large target share there uh with holly brown out of the way but i'm not sure what maybe it's just a little bit of the uh unknown with the rookies that i you know like have them so far ahead of bateman but yeah i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm a bit behind the curve on bateman but yeah i've got, I've got him a bit lower no i mean i dig it like at the moment i'm just looking at my rankings here and i'm almost identical to you i have garrett wilson at 17 in my rankings so in my dynasty rankings garrett wilson comes in at 17 and i have bateman at 25 all right so i like it we're almost exactly the same there and um but yeah i mean that obviously you're you're quite a lot higher on chris godwin than i am um but i think other than that so that's interesting but yes uh again garrett wilson can't go wrong i agree with wyatt in that you know i feel like he has the safest floor of probably any of the receivers i don't really see how he could fail i would be so shocked if we're here in two years and we're talking about oh you know he was another denzel mims or something like that um you know that that would just be very surprising to me so going on here this was the first kind of i think for a lot of people a surprise i wasn't overly surprised personally um, but the third receiver off the board was chris olave and he goes to the saints and not only does he go to the saints but obviously they trade up quite 
significantly to get him. Um, so they moved up from about 17, 18, I believe, all the way up to number 11 to get, get their dude. Um, and Chris Olave was my pre-draft wide receiver four. So him going at wide receiver three wasn't very shocking to me. I wasn't surprised by it. I think he's a fantastic. I think he's the most pro-ready, actually, um, of the receivers. I think he's the best route runner of the receivers. He's not a big yak guy, but he has speed. He's an amazing route runner um, for a college prospect. Obviously, he can still get better in the NFL. And he goes to a great landing spot, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts? Where do you come down on this whole Crystal Lobby thing? Because I know he was a fairly controversial i want to say not controversial but just divisive character some people seem to be really high on him and putting him as like wide receiver two and then other people were like wide receiver seven or eight or something so where did you come down on that and what do you think of the landing spot i also had him at wide receiver four uh coming into things and yeah i i think like the big knock that people wanted to have on him is just that he was you know a senior declare uh but i also think that he was a player who probably could have come out last year maybe he should have um I think like the the rumor was that basically he was probably a second round pick last year. Uh, So he went back so he could be a first round pick this year. But I think sec like second round early declare like Elijah Moore is a little bit more attractive to people than senior declare first round, even though, you know, he produced very well. He's got a good profile outside of being a senior declare. And like you, I, well, like I, Think the more I think about it, it is a good landing spot, but it's not one that I realized when it first happened. At first, I was like, Olave, really interesting. But then the more I think about it, he's another route technician to go with Michael Thomas, which is, I think, something that the Saints uh, value. And he also brings that speed over the top that they needed. So it really does uh, make sense for him in, in New Orleans. Now, I'll say I've actually moved Jamison Williams over Olave because I didn't expect Jamison Williams to be drafted as highly as he was. I thought he'd still be a first-round pick, but I didn't think he'd be a pick 12. So I ended up moving Alave down to my wide receiver five. Okay, yeah. So I think, you know... I think this is just such a great landing spot because we were doing, obviously, when pre-draft, we were just so excited about the draft. And I know I was doing loads of just mock drafts just for fun, just trying to piece things together because it was such an unknown. Like, this is such an interesting draft because there were so many elements of unknown to it where I feel like previous drafts, most people, we kind of have our first five or first 10 picks almost locked in or at least a fairly good idea. We roughly know where we think people are going to go, whereas this one we were like, I don't know, you know, like up until a couple of days before the draft, nobody had Trevon Walker going number one, you know, that sort of thing. So it was just, it was just a bunch of surprises. So I'd actually mocked in several of my mocks. Um, once the saints had those two first round picks, I'd mocked Olave and Penning going to the saints. And that's hilarious as that is exactly what happened. That was one of the few things I actually got right. Um, and so for me, I just think like they love Ohio state players. Like they absolutely love Ohio state players in the in New Orleans. So that fits. Um, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised in his rookie year if he's the number one wide receiver out of this rookie class because of being so pro ready because of there's now already whispers from the bushes that maybe Michael Thomas isn't even fully ready or fully fit ready to go yet, which is super worrying when you think that he hasn't really played in like two years now and he's getting up there. With Jameis Winston loving to chuck the ball like he does, with them having a good offensive line, I mean, dude could be in line for like 100 and plus targets, you know, which is which is fantastic because he has great hands. He's the all-time leading touchdown receive, you know, reception leader at Ohio State. So I I think, 
And again, just a point that I would make, I mean, I think we're into unprecedented times. I think analytics people need to readjust a little bit here, their ideas, because COVID really threw a monkey wrench in things um, and really changed things a, a lot. But now that there's things like these college players being able to have these deals and make money while playing college, instead of like before, it was always this rush to get out of college, get to the NFL so you can make money. Now that they can make these deals um, with sponsorships and things that actually make money while staying in college, there could be a lot more guys staying for the full four years because if they're able to get a deal with Maserati or Mercedes or whoever, Reebok or NFL, you know, whatever it is, and make money while they're still staying in college, there's not as much pressure. And there's not, especially if maybe they're one of those players, they don't know where they're going to go in the NFL or they're not sure yet and they're getting a good deal while they're in college. It might be more. So it might be something just to keep an eye on. We might need to start readjusting our values on, you know, guys who are early declares versus staying in school and things like that. But that's just a side note. I like Chris Olave. I think he's great, but he he's he was my wide receiver for interestingly because you kind of alluded to it so well done you you've picked up on this you're you're coming right along in your skills of foreshadowing i like it um you foreshadowed jameson williams who was my wide receiver three pre-draft he comes in at wide receiver four in the nfl draft and this is something i'm really not happy about the detroit lions a divisional rival of the Minnesota Vikings, I might add, trade up with my Minnesota Vikings and give up like nothing. Like this is the kind of trade that like if it happens in your dynasty league, people are ripping the person who trades back for this or who the person who gave up the picks to allow the other person to get Jameson Williams. People are going to be like, some people are going to be so annoyed that they're going to be like wanting to veto this trade. Yeah. Like that's how I see it. I'm like, man, if this, if the NFL was a dynasty league, people would be wanting to veto the, 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 the Minnesota Vikings trade and they would be blaming them and calling for collusion. So I'm really not happy about it. I think Jamison Williams is an absolute stud. I think if he hadn't had his ACL tear, he might have been the number one wide receiver gone. And even though he's the fourth wide receiver, he still goes at pick 12 to the Detroit Lions. They trade up all the way from 32. They use their second first round pick in the Matthew Stafford deal to trade up and get their stud muffin wide receiver one. I already had him wide receiver three, so I haven't changed him. He may even have been become my wide receiver two, but he's certainly my wide receiver three post-draft. Wyatt, let's, let's talk about it. I don't want to talk too much more because I'm getting angry about the Vikings here. What are your thoughts on this? You're, you're so right about the Vikings, though. They look like the, your Dynasty League member who, like, is just always fiending for trades, and they'll do one just because, even if it's bad for them. Uh, but, yeah, like I was saying before, I was surprised to see Jamison go this highly. I didn't expect him to, to, to go in the top half of the first round. I like Jamison Williams, though. I don't like him as much as a lot of people, uh, just because I think that he still needs uh, some refinement to his route running. I think that while he's so explosive that it gives him a lot of yak ability. I don't think that uh, he can really break any tackles, or at least not from what I've seen. So I think that limits him a little bit in, ter- in that department where once you get to the NFL, you can't just out-athleticism everybody on the field like he was able to in college. That's my really only concern is I'm afraid that uh, once he's on the NFL field with NFL athletes, it, when he can't use his athleticism to win on every single play, what happens? Uh, but I, the ceiling is very, very high for a player like Jameson because the athleticism is so wild, especially is the straight line speed. I mean, I, he, he has that, like, I'm not co- comparing him to Tyreek Hill necessarily, but he has that kind of speed where it's like, no one can actually keep, keep up with him once he's going like that. Um, and he is actually, you know, a good wide receiver. He's not just speed. He has talent. I just, I want to see him not have to rely on his speed all the time. But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think, you know, 
for me, I, I obviously, I, I know we've had this conversation before. So this is just like, we could just open our DMs and just read them off for this, this part of it. But <laughs> yeah, basically. I, I certainly don't have those qualms personally, just because um, for a couple of reasons, quickly, you know, he played at Alabama. I mean, Alabama is the closest to the NFL you're going to get in college football. So he wasn't, he didn't dominate in like South Dakota state, you know, like he dominated at Alabama and he came in and took over the alpha role from John Mechie, who I like as well. I like John Mechie. I think he's a good prospect. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's a solid wide receiver and John Mechie had been there for the last couple of years. It would have made sense for Mechie to be the alpha and for Jameson Williams to come in and play the, the Robin role to his Batman. But instead he comes in and he takes the alpha role straight away. I think he's a fantastic route runner. I think he can get better at his routes, but I think, things like his deceleration um, in his route running is fantastic. His changing of his speeds and his route running, which is a really advanced technique that you don't see a lot of college players use. A lot of them just run their routes at the same speed. Everything's the same speed. Um, and that's a nuance that they have to learn at the next level. So I think there's a lot of meat on the bones because if you look at his usage in Ohio State, he didn't get a chance to do that much there. So really, he only had that one year. He blew up. It was his last year. I think he's a fantastic prospect. And I think it's just the way the NFL is such a copycat league. That's what they want right now. They want speed. They want speedy receivers everybody's chasing that next Tyreek Hill or that next Debo Samuel, whatever. Um, and I just think, yeah, I mean, they've, they've traded up for him. They obviously really value him there. I, I personally, as much as I hate to say it, um, I, I think they're doing some really good things in Detroit. I think Dan Campbell's a lot better of a coach than we thought he was going to be. So I'm really excited about what they're doing there, not from a Vikings perspective, just from like an NFL perspective and from a fantasy football perspective. So I think for me, he definitely slots in as my wide receiver, wide receiver three still. So I'm staying pretty close and pretty true to my pre-draft rankings um he was my wide receiver three comfortably ahead of olave um pre-draft and honestly the fact that yes they both got trades up you know and he only went like one pick after him so i don't see much needing to change in that um just quickly then because i know you mentioned a couple concerns and things like that i just want to get a feel for like so for you we talked about earlier devonta smith where do you come down on the whole devonta smith versus um would you go with the shiny new toy and jameson williams or would you stick with the last year's um sort of stud muffin receiver out of alabama devonta smith i will i will take devonta smith there but i do want to say something you you touched on that i think uh like clicked for me a little bit is that jameson williams is speed influences his route running and in a way that I probably wasn't accounting for and should probably think about a little bit more in the way that because he has that speed, he can, uh, you know, basically switch gears in a way to manipulate the corner instead of relying on, you know, technical route running. And that's something that I guess hadn't really clicked until you were talking about it right now. So I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, definitely, man, because like that's something for me that I really look for. In other words, only a couple of receivers I thought in this class that really showcase that regularly because there's different ways to beat defenders like you alluded to. You can beat them with physicality. You can beat them with sharp and crisp route running. You can beat them with speed. Um, and the nice thing is that he uses a lot of different elements of a lot of those different areas. So like sometimes he will start out really fast, like a quick burst. And then the, you know, the, the DB's on his back, you know, backpedaling, trying to catch up and then he'll kind of slow down and then he'll fully turn his hips and then he just boom, you know, shoots off past them and stuff. So like you said, I think he utilizes his speed um, in his route running, which is a really great 
uh, a great thing to see. So I'm excited about him, and I see. I think a lot of people are getting some really good deals on him in rookie drafts right now, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devonta Smith and Jameson Williams are back to back in my rankings, with the slight edge going to Jameson Williams, um, just because of the speed and things like that, and because ultimately um, AJ Brown is in town with Devonta Smith, and I again, I do think that that hurts him. Devon, I mean, AJ Brown is an absolute stud in my books. You know, top five, top ten wide receiver in the NFL. So you can't help but like, especially when the if it'd be different if they both were you know had Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball, I would maybe just be like, hey, look, let's keep them both really, really high. But it's not exactly Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball at this stage. It's hard when you're talking dynasty rankings. Sometimes you're talking starter rankings, or you're talking just like dynasty. Because if you're an existing you know established team and you're trying to go for it now, go for the ship. Um, it might be better to you know go with Keenan Allen because you get full use of him this year. He's at the height of his powers, whereas Jameson Williams could be a slight slow burner this year, just coming back from that ACL and stuff. So I think that makes sense completely to me. There we go. Just gonna pause it there for now. Trying to keep these episodes fairly short and digestible for you if you. You're listening on a commute to work or on the bus, etc. Um, yeah, just to make sure we're not overloading you, overwhelming you. Um, but that's the first couple of stud muffins in the books. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. And uh, make sure to st- stop back by again next episode where we are going to continue to discuss the round one wide receivers and move into the round two wide receivers. Plenty of stud muffins left to talk about. <laughs> I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>